Howdy! Welcome to or back to the Be Positive Podcast with your host, me, Amber Scholes, or at Amber Runs on Instagram. So I know it's been quite a while since I last posted a podcast, and honestly, that's just because there's so much that has happened in my life that I have just kind of needed some time to like rest digest and process everything and i will definitely be giving you guys so many life updates um coming up but today's episode is one that i have honestly been wanting to make for a while and the podcast topic is how pressure to perform affects athletes mental health in this episode we'll be having a special guest that many of you probably are familiar with and that is my best friend carly mcnapp Carly is not just a phenomenal athlete, but she's one of the strongest people I have honestly ever met. Me and Carly have been through so much together. Like, I feel like we kind of went through such similar experiences and kind of just, like, grew up and grew together. And I really think that this podcast is going to be very insightful and helpful to all athletes at any stage in their career. If y'all have been following my journey for, honestly, any span of time now, you know that I have dealt with many mental health issues relating to running in the past and present. Um, I dealt with anorexia through part of high school. My goal was to, like, look the part of being a runner. I thought that the smaller I got, the more fulfilled in life and in running I would be. And after recovering from anorexia, I ended up developing orthorexia, which for those of you guys that don't know what orthorexia is, it is an obsession with like clean eating. And although I was eating, I became obsessed with trying to eat in a way that I thought was like perfect. And I feel like this is something that like a lot of people that dealt with anorexia or any type of eating disorder ends up um, kind of developing and I think it's really important to talk about because it's not something that is super I think known and realize that it is actually can be a really big in, um, issue and can lead to underfueling and not proper nutrition and honestly really bad mental health. Um, I would eat out. I wouldn't eat out. I cut out food groups and I was still very very consumed in keeping my body as small as possible I had an unhealthy relationship with food and exercise, which I think um, most of you probably know this, but that is a combination for absolute disaster. (laughs) This past has honestly led me to many injuries um, that I unfortunately still struggle with today. And injury is something that can quickly consume like your entire life, especially when your identity is wrapped in your sport and there's pressures to perform from teammates and coaches and family or social media or whatever. Me and Carly are going to be discussing all of these topics and many, many more today. My goal for this podcast is to help anyone out there that is struggling with mental health and the pressure to perform as an athlete. Disordered eating is in 15 to 75% of adolescent females and that doesn't even account for males that also 
deal with this issue and I think that that is something that is not talked about either is that like this is not just an issue that affects women like this is an issue that affects all people at all ages and almost all athletes have probably struggled with some form of mental health issue or injury at some point in their career and me and Carly are going to be talking about our stories and what we have learned along the way so let's get into this episode so excited to be having my first ever guest on the Be Positive podcast be my best friend, Carly McNatt. I have known Carly since 2019, which is crazy that it's already 2023. I feel like I just kind of met Carly, but no, it was 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, 22. I've known her for four years, which is kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, I've known Carly since 20. 20- 19 and we actually met on social media which is so funny to me I remember she messaged me and then we ended up just like meeting up for a run and then we went to breakfast and we have talked and hung out and just been friends ever since and I am so grateful for my friendship with Carly she has helped me through so much just by us having such very similar stories and um she has been running ever since middle school And in just eighth grade, Carly went to Nike Cross Nationals. She then um, went to attend IMG Academy, which is in Bradenton, Florida, which is like three hours away from where I live in Orlando, at least when I'm not in college, obviously. As just a freshman, Carly ran a PR of 17.06 in the 5K at Foot Locker Regionals, which ended up calling, qualifying her for Foot Locker Nationals. She then was faced with two back-to-back stress fractures after this and took a step back from running and focused on her health. She returned to running her sophomore year, almost breaking the national record in the DMR. But honestly, there's... There's so much more to Carly's story and just to Carly overall than her times and her stats. Like, she is such an impressive athlete, but she is just one of the best human beings I have ever met. So let's get into this episode and talk to Carly about her journey. So are you trying to limit this to like a 30-minute podcast or like how long are you thinking? Honestly, it can be as long as we need it to be. Okay. Yeah. So if okay, we cool. like, if we talk for 20 minutes, cool. If we talk for 30 minutes, cool. If we talk for an hour, that's fine too. Like okay. it literally, it doesn't even matter. But, okay. Yeah. Perfect. So, all right. For everybody's listening, we, this is take two actually of this recording because we were having some odd. I would like to point out, I meant to say this earlier, but I have a cold. Sonia, my roommate, I'm pretty convinced that she got me sick. So, <laughs> Sonia. Disgusting. And if I cough, that is why we can blame Sonia. Go comment on her post. You got Amber sick. <laughs> oh, my Dude, if she gets If she gets comments, that, that would be so funny. She's going to be like, what the heck? <laughs> She's like, why are people commenting? <laughs> Anyways, welcome Carly to, being, to the Be Positive podcast. 
you are my first ever guest on the Be Positive podcast. Be fair, I've only had three. This is going to be my third episode, so it's really not crazy that I've never had a guest before. <laughs> That's <laughs> but so happy. exciting, though. I'm I'm so happy to be your first guest. I know. Out of all people, I honestly like. I would I would want you to be my first guest. Like, Aww. I don't know. I think you're like my first kind of collab on um, YouTube. To be honest. Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, we I did remember. That, we did like the little questions thing. So like after yeah. this podcast, you guys should totally go on my YouTube and check out <laughs> check the good out old twenty twenty. Dude, that was so cute. I like I rewatched that the other day with Sonia. Actually, oh my gosh, <laughs> I don't even want to see my old self. I probably sound so stupid trying to answer questions. Dude, no, I just remember when you said that your favorite food was salmon, and I thought that was so funny. Like it. <laughs> It still is, so that's consistent. But I also remember I said, like, my favorite muscle group to work out was biceps, and that has completely changed. I hate biceps now. What is it now? Chest, honestly. Chest and back. Like, I don't like arms anymore. Actually, I love shoulders, too. Shoulders are great. Well, you're going to hate mine. I love doing, like, legs. Oh, okay. Yeah, legs and biceps. Those are the worst. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny that you don't like working legs. And core. Oh, I have like a core workout to do today. I did like one of my, I did my run this morning and then I was like, I need to go do, go do core. But I was like, no, I need to do this podcast first with Carly and then I'll just do core later. <laughs> I actually really enjoy doing core now though. Oh, I hate core. I feel like you only don't like core when you don't do core. And then once you start doing core, you end up liking it. Yeah, honestly, maybe. But when it, when it gets strong, you like it. Yeah, so. no, I agree. Anyways, let's get into this freaking <laughs> podcast now. I feel like there's so much that I want to talk to you about. And, like, people always ask me, too, like, in my comments and, like, in my DMs. They're always like, you need to do, like, a video or you need to do a podcast with Carly. And I'm like, guys, don't worry. Like, it's coming. There's going to really? be content That's with Carly. Really? That's so funny. Yes. Dude, and we also have to do a YouTube video over the summer. No, I know. so much fun. We do. We honestly that do. That would be so fun. Anyways, so how... How are you doing, Carly? Just, like, overall, mentally, physically? Like, we're going to get into a lot of everything, but just overall, generally, how are you doing, like, right in this moment? Um, honestly, mentally and physically, I'm doing really, really well. Um, I recently came back from a surgery, so I've been healing for a while now and just been doing school online, so that's been really good mentally. Um, and, yeah, overall, my healing process has been going really smooth. I've been doing lots of PT, so... Um, I'm pretty happy, honestly, and I'm in a good spot, and I'm honestly super ready for college next year. So, yes, which is crazy. You're gonna you just committed to High Point University, which is yes. where I'm currently at, but I'm currently transferring to Flagler a College in Florida, which you guys are gonna hear a lot more of my story eventually, probably in another podcast or YouTube video or whatever. But it is kind of funny that you know you you <laughs> just committed to the school that I'm actually transferring from. <laughs> Which is crazy. But um, for people who don't know much about you, give us, like, a little rundown of your story with, like, running and, like, when you started and just kind of, like, what got you into running in the first place? Yeah, so, honestly, the person who got me into running was my mom. Um, you know, she's been, like, an athlete all of, all of her life, and we used to do, like, some local 5Ks here and there, probably, like, I don't know, like three or four per year. 
um, when I was super young, but honestly, I didn't start doing competitive running until seventh grade, um, where I ran on a high school team because I was at a private school, so I was allowed to run um, on a high school team. Um, and basically, Which I've just been so running. Crazy. Yeah, I've been running ever since. So ever since seventh grade, basically, and then the other times was just kind of casual stuff. Like I did a half marathon when I was ten, um, with like no training under my belt. <laughs> we just ran casually, like <laughs> just casually, you know, did a half marathon when you were ten. Zero training. Yes. At all. Nope. Like, no training. Carly, that's crazy. Like it when I think fun. of that, I'm like, whoa. What was your time? <laughs> just, just like at time it was two hours and four minutes <laughs> okay that's not even bad considering you were like 10 years old with zero training like yeah you could finish it says something I know and um I remember during the race I was so mad because my mom had to stop to use the porta potty and I was like mom get out like I was banging on the porta potty door because I just wanted to keep running like I was like so mad that we had to stop <laughs> Carly, you banged on the porter potty door. Yes, I was like, "Mom, get out! Like, let's Stop go." Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, stuff is coming out her end, her other end. Oh my god, dude, that's so funny. That is so crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh. But it was a fun experience. It was for charity. It was for St. Jude's, so it was a good time, honestly. But that is my only half marathon experience, actually. I haven't run that far since I was 10 years old. Like, I haven't even done a long run for 13 miles, I don't think. No, dude. I, I, will, <laughs> I, I cap my long runs at, like, 10. Yeah. And yeah I the most I've ever done is 12 like at eight. a long run. Yeah. What'd you say? Yeah. I feel like I was going to say, I'm going to start capping my long runs at, like, 8 now. I can't, yeah. Like, just, like you don't need to go, go further. Yeah, my body is just like it's it just becomes too much for it. Yeah. And so like I don't know. I think eight, like eight is a very happy place for my body. Yeah, eight's a good number to still like develop all that good aerobic capacity. Like I feel I like if you, so if you just get over eight, it's like it's extra, but like it's not necessary. I look especially if you're training for like the five K or like yeah. anything below that obviously if you're training for a half marathon or if you're training for like a marathon or something which honestly are you would you ever do one of those this is yes, completely off topic, I want to but... do one so bad like w- once I can get healthy again I want to just train for like a fun marathon or half marathon the goal would be marathon because I've never done one but honestly I'd just be happy to do a half marathon again too I was telling my mom I was like I honestly really want to do an ultra ultra sounds so fun I definitely want to do an ultra. That yeah. would be so. That would be so cool. To your story, <laughs> like we're, we're <laughs> so you were young. You did the you did the half marathon or whatever, and then after after that, where did it? Yes. Uh. So I started running competitively. I said in seventh grade. Um, and then let's see, um, eighth grade, I also ran cross country, but I was also playing tennis at the time. Um, cause I was a competitive tennis player too. I would do tournaments a lot. And at this point I, I was only running like, I want to say three days a week. And then the other days I was doing tennis. Um, so I had plenty of like training under me, even though it wasn't necessarily running, which I recommend. Um, I also so, recommend that. Yeah. Especially at a young age. Like I recommend doing multiple sports. It's so beneficial for your body. Um, and I so, think like I think it just like opens your mind too because it's so easy for young athletes to get so 
wrapped up in like one sport and yes. I forget that like there's so many other sports out there and uh, this is going to sound really bad but running honestly makes you not athletic like yeah in movement wise and other things like that so like I did soccer I did basketball I did triathlons and stuff like that and I think it was really good for just like developing different muscles that like running you know you just run and running no, honestly it's just yeah. like takes away your muscles but I, I just think that like having those different skills and like trying out different sports and having fun while you're young and not like be so specific in a certain sport is really really important so I'm glad it you definitely is that. yeah it also is good like mentally it keeps you from being burned out from one sport which was so important for me like mixing it up like let's say I wasn't doing so well in the running category like it's okay I still have tennis to look forward to doing you know it's like you're That's not so, so fixated on something That is, that is so true. And I always looked forward to like my soccer seasons where I would get a break from like that constant, you know, just running every single day and like, okay, running's going to be there. But like for right now, I'm just going to have fun and do soccer. Yes, exactly. It's just a good mental outlet, I would say. Yeah, for Um, sure. So anyways, going off of what I was saying. So in eighth grade, I did cross country season and then I kind of decided like, I'm not sure about running. Like, I did really well, actually. I won state that year for cross-country. Against – let's make this clear. This was against high schoolers, right? Yes, yes. So, I won – yes. So, I won state for class 1A. Can you process that? (laughs) And um, then – Hold on. There was – I was just thinking, because, like, I I won state my – uh june was it my junior year my junior year yeah like if a little eighth grader i would be like what in the world is going on <laughs> yeah i would like, be what in the so world? mad but i was so confused i would just be like what <laughs> like what <laughs> why are they allowed to run anyways is my question no like that's what exactly. i would be like <laughs> i would be so mad like i just had the privilege because i was at a private school but it's crazy. Um, but yeah, honestly, it's getting so common these days, though, for young girls to be so good. Like, it's getting more and more common. Yeah, so. no, I I definitely think that that has, like, a lot to do with, like, things that we're going to end up talking about later on this podcast, too. Yes. Just, like, being so young and being so fast and then, like, having to go through just, like, puberty and, like, your body's changing and having to, like, adjust with that and deal with, like, the mental side of you know all of that is like it's it's definitely a huge shift and a huge like process yes exactly okay so continuing on um, yeah, sorry we keep going on a little tangent no you're good honestly it's good to throw it in there um I think so too okay. so after winning that state meet um it's crazy to think like after riding such a high I would decide to do this but crazy me over winter break was like you know what? I think tennis is my sport. I think I want to do it in college. Um, so I'm set on tennis, right? So I tell my mom, I went to this summer camp, like, uh, the summer before I went to a summer camp in Texas, and they also have a tennis academy you can go to during the school year. And I was like, hey, mom, like, I loved this tennis camp. Um, would you be willing to allow me to go here for my second semester to see if I like it, um, to see if I want to continue down this tennis journey? So, my parents, um, letting me be independent at the age of 14, let me travel all the way out to Texas alone, 
and go live in a dorm where <laughs> I went to a tennis academy. And honestly, I did not have the, the best experience there. But I remember every time we would do conditioning for tennis, we would be running. And the people were like, oh, my gosh, like, you're so fast. Like, I'd be in front of all the kids. Like, we would do little inter- intervals and, um, like, just small runs around and they would be like oh my gosh you're so fast like what and I was like oh yeah like I used to be a runner and then that's when I was like oh my gosh like in the back of my head the whole time I was like I should be running right now like I really do love this and so I was you know second guessing that whole whole decision on going to the tennis academy but I ended up finishing it finishing it out and then that summer I came back home and was like, you know what, I'm not going to go back there next year because it honestly wasn't the best experience. There were tons of like older people there and not too many people my age because a lot of people aren't going to leave their homes, you know, in eighth grade. Yeah, um, no, for sure. Yeah. So I came back home and started training with the local high school. Like I started running again and playing tennis because that's what I liked doing before. So I went back to that and I was really happy. And then my mom was like, so you really really like this running don't you and I was like yeah I do like I love running I love running so then she um one of my coaches actually like one of my older coaches from my old high school that I run at before the tennis academy was like hey there, there there's this really cool place called IMG Academy um it's in Bradenton Florida and they have a really good track and you know cross country program and you should definitely look into it so I was like, okay, let's look into it. Um, so then I was still just training over the summer and I took a tour at IMG and I was like, oh my gosh, I immediately fell in love with IMG because the coach was amazing. He knew literally so much about running. Like he had coach so Dustin. much wisdom. Coach Dustin. Um, shout coach out Dustin. to you if you're listening to this. Coach yes. Dustin Stanbauer. <laughs> but so yeah, I decided to go to IMG to then pursue track and cross country so my my little journey has taken lots of turns, but honestly, I'm super happy with the decisions I've made along the way. Um, so then I started at IMG as a freshman, um, and I had an, an amazing cross-country season where I went to Foot Locker Nationals. Um, I PR'd at Regionals and ran 17.06. And then at Nationals, I finished eighth place. Yeah, eighth place, um, and was the first freshman to finish at nationals that's crazy um and it was like such a great experience and I loved California too so it was super fun being out there and being around a bunch of um elite athletes and then unfortunately I came back from that national trip and I was having some foot pain and it actually had started like a few months before I want to say like that October before I raced that December um, I ha- I had had some foot pain, but I kept running through it because my trainers had told me that, you know, it's just inflammation in your foot. You'll be okay. Um, yeah. So I came home and um, I got some scans and that's when I found out that I had a stress fracture in my foot. Um, so that was my first injury being a freshman. So that, that really sucked. And honestly, I would say that that injury was 100% my fault. And I know that we're definitely going to go into that more. But it definitely was about fueling, you know, like making sure you're getting all those nutrients in and not just nutrients, like making sure you're getting enough food in. Um, That was definitely my biggest thing. And just not like focusing about eating so, so healthy, which I know we're going to talk about more. 
but yeah. that was my mindset because I wanted to be so elite, especially like being such a high caliber athlete at such a young age, you have lots of pressures on you. Yeah, um, so I guess I kind of like we might as well like stem from there. But yeah, like the first topic that I do want to talk to you about is, you know, proper fueling and, you know, disordered eating, eating disorders or whatever. And I think that something that people don't um, completely understand is that like, you don't necessarily need to have an eating disorder to have disordered eating and to have an unhealthy relationship with food or to not be eating enough. And, you know, obviously like, to perform well, like you need to be eating properly and you need to be eating enough. And I think that so many distance runners don't realize really like how much they actually need to be eating because like, I mean, I even find myself now, like I have to constantly be like, no, like you need to eat more. You need to eat more just because with how much volume of training we're doing, it can be so difficult. So then adding any type of, you know, disordered eating or eating disorder on top of that, you know, it can lead to just a spiral of underfueling, which, you know, can lead to injuries. And I told um, the audience at the beginning of this podcast kind of my story with anorexia and orthorexia and stuff like that. Um, but a question that I wanted to ask you is, how do you feel like the pressure to perform and compete at a high level has negatively like impact it impacted your relationship with food in the past? So like, what was kind of like, I guess your mindset around food and um, just like everything with that. Yeah. Okay. So my mindset was like, um, well, basically seeing such high level athletes, I kind of, they were kind of like an inspiring like person for me to look up to. So I would see these um, athletes like post on social media or whatever they, they might post their food. They might not, but for the ones that were like posting their food, I was like, oh my gosh, they're all eating so healthy. Like I must have to eat healthy to be an elite athlete. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, once you start that, which I'm not saying it's bad to eat healthy, but like to it, to the extreme, like you end up taking that eating healthy to the extreme when you want to be so elite because you're just like, you're hungry to just be the best. And to in order to be the best, you think you have to be perfect and eat perfect and do all these little things that just turn into like almost a sickness you know yeah no for sure the seeing like the elite athletes and like what they post and stuff yes I'm so glad that you brought that up because that's something that I used to like honestly like attach myself to and focus on so much I would not only like see what they were eating but I would also like see for me was like their body and stuff like that and that would also dictate how I fueled because I was like okay I want to try my best to look like them and in order to look and be able to run as fast as them I also need to eat exactly like them and then that yes slowly became into an obsession with you know my body and eating perfectly and eating clean which is what and I've talked about in the beginning of the podcast was called orthorexia and that is you know the obsession with clean eating and eating in a way that was almost perfect and I think what so many athletes don't realize is that, like, that is actually a massive problem because it does lead to underfueling and not eating enough. And, like, I know that you've dealt with, you know, lots of injuries and stuff in the past um, or even, like, current. And I, I have, too. And I think that that has, like, my 
experience with anorexia and orthorexia has honestly led me to deal with all these injuries that I've had in the past. And honestly, even just like right now with like just my body repairing it. I first had that stress fracture um, as a freshman. And then I was like, oh no, I can't run. Like I have to eat even better. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're injured, you feel like you have to eat even better. And so I started biking so much too, because you know, I felt like I needed to keep my fitness up. And I was like, oh, no, once I get running again, I'm not going to be as fast. So I felt like I had to, like, bike twice a day. Like, you have all of these pressures around you to cross train and do all this stuff to can- maintain your fitness. Um, meanwhile, I was still underfueling at the same time, still eating way too healthy. Um, and so my body was just breaking down. And then all of a sudden, I was able to, you know, progress to try to run again. But then I went on my first run and I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm having pain, but now it's in a different spot on my foot. So we got another scan and sure enough, I had a stress reaction in a different metatarsal on my foot. Wow. So not only had I been dealing with a stress fracture, I also had a stress reaction that I had to heal from and I was put in a boot. And then my mom was like, you know what, we're taking you home. This was right before COVID, actually. We're going to take you out of school on a medical leave. We're going to take you home, and we're going to literally just make you eat. Like, make you eat so much food, even if it's not healthy. Um, So, basically, that whole time, I was so fortunate that COVID kind of hit, too, because it allowed me to stay home the entire rest of the school year. Um, So, it was a blessing in disguise for me. I know a lot of people missed out on track season, but for me, I wasn't going to have a track season. So, it was beneficial for me um so basically honestly I was just I stayed home I didn't exercise I took in so many calories like I cannot tell you like my mom would add peanut butter to stuff like (laughs) I'd be eating avocado like all these like healthy fats and you know some things along the way like a bunch of desserts like things that you know people say aren't as good for you um but those things are so important to have to like keep your health you know and like maintain your body otherwise it will break down um so I was able to like fully recover myself and um heal from all of my injuries and honestly I came back like so much stronger my body felt almost like invincible and that it wouldn't be able to break like I remember when I was eating so so healthy that I would be in the gym and I'd just be like bro like I can barely lift like a 10 pound weight like Dude, and, and then, let's let's tell the audience how much you can because um, it's crazy. I remember watching videos of you <laughs> pressing, and I was like, "What is this girl on? I cannot <laughs> do this." I want to say my max is like, I think my max is like one twenty to one twenty five. Oh yeah, I think it was like um, one twenty five when you told me. Yeah, that's crazy to me. Which, like, let's keep girl distance yeah. runner. You're probably, like, the only girl distance runner that can, like, <laughs> bench 125. Let's, let's be honest. You're probably the only distance runner. I don't think any guys could do that either. Low-key, except That's funny. But, um, I mean, yeah, it it's still, like, lower than my body weight. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Because people are like, oh, if you can bench your body weight, like, yeah, that's yeah. so impressive. So, well, I guess it depends I, on I your weight. I think it's impressive. Stuff. I but think it's thank impressive. You. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. but um what were were we getting into um um (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, it was about okay. So I came back from those stress fractures. Make sure, super healthy. Make sure that make sure that you're still away from like the phone. Oh, started yes. Glitching. Sorry, I started leaning. Okay. I know that's what I thought. I started glitching again. I was like, I think she's leaning into the phone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Okay. So yeah. So basically, I healed. Um. After my freshman year, I took the summer to come back from the injury and slowly progress. Then my sophomore year, you know, I was a little bit slower. I had put on about 20 pounds of um, muscle and healthy weight. Um, so I was running with a whole new body, which was definitely a challenge mentally and physically. Um, but I ended up having a decent season. You know, my times weren't the same, but that's a given. Coming back from injury and putting on 20 pounds. Absolutely. But I was so much happier as a person. Like, I cannot tell you. Like, I felt like I had my life back. Um, and I was just so much happier all around. I had more energy. Um, things were just more exciting for me. So that was all good. Um, so then I went into indoor and I had the indoor season, like the best indoor season of my life as a sophomore. Um, I finally got back under five minutes in the mile. I ran like 456, I think. Um, and then <clears throat> with our DMR team, I ran the 1200 leg. Um, we were like 0.3 seconds off of the national record indoors. So that was super exciting as well. We ran the four by eight and also won that um, at Adidas indoor nationals. So all that stuff was super exciting. And then then came outdoor season for track in, in my sophomore year still. Um, and that was okay. Like I felt like my fitness was kind of, like deteriorating just because we had started doing more like speed work and less aerobic stuff because it was kind of getting towards like the tail end of the track season so yeah I kind of felt like I lost my base a little bit too from cross country um which wasn't bad but we would definitely focus on more speed work and then I tried to do a two mile and it was my one and only two mile and it was like at the end of outdoor track season and it was not good let me tell you it was so bad and people were like are you okay and I was just like yeah like this is not what I was ready for yeah like I was almost just embarrassed but thank god they like combined it because it was just gonna be me and this one other girl running it and they combined me and her with the boys to run so they kind of like shielded me (laughs) oh my gosh stop that (laughs) but then the spotlight is like still on you too because you're like one of the only girls out there and you're like okay but and because it's track I feel like in cross country it's really easy to kind of like hide Yes, but when you, you, there's trees have. and stuff, you know, you just, you practically hide. But uh-huh. like when it comes to track, it's like the track is your stage, and like yes. you're you're performing, you know, and like that's kind of something that's been really cool to experience in college. Is that like when it comes race day, it's almost like oh, it's our performance day. Like it's like, yes. it's a performance, and like everybody like is putting on makeup and stuff. And I don't they know, are. It's, it's so it's been different. So it's been a lot different than even just like high school. It's it's very, it's not necessarily bad, but it's definitely weird and something new that I've experienced. So yes. I think of like the track as like a stage. <laughs> it is, it is. So it can be intimidating, but you just gotta put yourself out there and be like, you know what? Who cares what people think? Like, no, for you're real. the queen of not caring about what people think. You are. Um, so it's taken I, some I time. 
I think that yeah. inst- I think that Instagram and like social media is something that has really helped me not really care what other people think and kind of just do what's right for me and yes. focus on like what's going to make me happy. But it's definitely taken a long time. I feel like for a lot of my life, I was like, okay, what do these people want me to do? Or what is going to make society happy? And like now, like my life kind of quote that like I live by is just to do like what makes you happy and live in a way that like, not by society standards, but like what, what you want to do and like what you want to do with your life. Cause I think so many people like forget that like you only have one life and like, we're not here to make other people happy. We're here to do what's going to bring us the most joy and like impact other people, yes. of course. But yeah, definitely. I totally agree with all of that. Um, so continuing on after that embarrassing outdoor track meet, um, <laughs> I was literally in tears. Let me tell you, I was in oh. tears. I was like, oh my gosh, like, I think I should quit running. Like, I was just thinking, like, I'm done. I am done. So then the next day, I wake up, and I feel some weird pain in my leg. And I'm like, okay, what the frick is this? Like, I've never felt this before. Like, why do I all of a sudden have, like, a weird, weird pain? Um, So I kind of was just like, okay, at that point, I was like, okay, we're just going to hang up the spikes for the end of the school year and be done with outdoor season. Because some people were going on into nationals and – that was kind of my goal to go into nationals and stuff, but I just ended up being like, okay, you know what? This this is a weird feeling. Like I don't know what this is. If this is an injury or what it is, so I'm just gonna stop here. So I did that and I started training. Like started doing summer training, started cross training. I was on and off with like running. Um, I would run some days, cross train others, and honestly, the leg thing was just not getting better. I'm like, what in the world is this thing? Like, I just could not figure it out for my life because I thought it was a muscle. I was like, it's probably just like a hamstring muscle, but I it remember, wasn't really like, yeah. I remember when this was happening and I had just gotten my muscle strain. And yes, I remember I you were out. Yeah. Yeah. You were asking me a lot of questions about my injury. And I remember I was like, I don't know. I don't know if that's what yours is, Carly, because you were explaining it to me. And I was like, this is different than what I'm feeling. I was like, I think mine has, I thought a nerve or something this was like the most emotional injury I ever had I ended up having to go to like therapy and stuff but it, it was a mess but I ended up finding out that I just really needed to stretch and get stronger because I was so weak which is so weird but I do I remember when all of this was going on yes yes yeah it was kind of it was just a weird time because I didn't know what was happening and you know it was like my coach thought it was a muscle strain so we were just trying to be careful and like run on days that it felt okay and then cross train others and it just wasn't getting better um so then that's when I decided like hey you know what I'll just take lots of time off right now like it was like towards the back half or no actually my team no this is what happened I get this mixed up all the time so my team and I went out to Arizona for an altitude camp it was it's a three-week altitude camp yeah and we were doing um a lot of workouts out there and on one of my workouts, I was like decelerating, but it was down a hill and like my foot kind of like slipped out from under me a little bit. And I felt like a huge like tug in that same like high hamstring area. And I was like, this just isn't right. Like there's something more to this. And I remember um, coming back from altitude camp, literally wanting to cry because I was sitting on the plane and I could not sit straight because I was in so much pain, like, it's the worst pain I've ever dealt with, like, just sitting there, I felt like a knife was, like, literally going through 
the bottom of my butt. Like, it was just oh so gosh. bad. Yeah. So, yeah. So, after that, I was like, okay, this is so bad. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I just kept thinking it was, like, something to do with my hamstring muscle. And we didn't really think to get a scan or anything. So, yeah. I just took time off after altitude camp. And at this point, it was junior year. Um, everyone was starting to race cross country and I was like, okay, I'll take the first few meets off. So that's what I did. I took the first few off and then I decided we went back out to Arizona to do a meet called desert twilight, desert twilight that everyone does. Um, well, it's like super exciting cause it's a, it's a night meet. It's really fun. So yep. I decided to race that and I like raced with one of my teammates. I kind of took it as like a tempo, but I was still like dying. So it wasn't really a tempo. <laughs> um, so I crossed had a few of those. <laughs> I crossed the finish line and I was like, I fell to the ground because I was so exhausted. So clearly Carly did not take it as a tempo. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. fell to the ground. I got back up. Let me tell you, I could barely walk. I was like, I can't even do a cool down guys. Cause my whole team was like, Oh, let's go do a cool down now. And I was like, Bro, I can barely walk right now. I was, like, limping around the entire meet. Same thing happened on the plane back from that meet. I was dying sitting down. I was like, oh, my gosh. So then, finally, I get a scan. Like, I was so stupid. Why didn't I get a scan, like, longer or, like, further, you know, in the past, you know? I should have gotten this a scan way sooner, but I didn't because I just kept thinking it was muscle. I feel then like I that's such an important thing, like, for just athletes, anybody that's listening, like, if you have an injury, sometimes it's just good to, like, get a scan, get an MRI, get a whatever, yeah. and just see, so that you know, instead of, like, playing this almost guessing game, or, like, playing the detective, because yes. I feel like yes. there's this time within an injury period where, like, you almost feel like you're playing the detective and trying to figure out, like, first off, what's wrong with me? Why am I hurt? And then, then you have to go through, okay, what do I have to do to like actually get this better? Like, I know what it is, but what do I do? You know? Yeah. And you're also like dealing with the pressures of like, okay, I don't want to let my team down. I don't want my coach to be upset that I'm like, am I injured? Like, it's like, there's a lot of things that have that go along with it. Um, but I say, yeah, honestly, get a scan, even if you think it's like something to do with a muscle, because you never know. Um, Because in my situation, after getting a scan, it was not muscle. It ended up being my hamstring had pulled bone away from bone. So there was a hole, basically, in my pelvis. It's called a pelvis avulsion fracture. Um, So so basically, after running that one cross-country meet, I was out for eight months. And I didn't run a single track, indoor track, or other cross-country meet besides that one my entire junior year so basically I just had to whip out the coach Carly hat and be the little cheerleader and coach my team you know like help along the sidelines go to practice still which was super hard mentally honestly that was one of the hardest things is like showing up for practice even though you can't do anything yeah Um, yeah And I was going to ask you, like, before you had these injuries, what would you say, like, your goal was? Because I know we both kind of, like, had the mindset that we wanted to be a pro runner. And, like, that those were your goals, right, before you had these injuries? Yeah, they were. I would say after the the feet stress fractures, I was like, I don't know, that was kind of like an eye-opener. Like, okay, this actually 
isn't all like sunshine and rainbows that runners make it look like it is like the pros you know like you see yeah all you see is them post all these great posts like oh just crush this workout or like whatever and you don't see like the downside of like having to deal with these injuries mentally having to cross train and do stay so disciplined and continue that same like hamster wheel process because obviously it's like it's inevitable that you're going to get injured sometime along the road and you're probably going to have multiple as a pro athlete so it's basically about whether you think you can actually handle that or not and I'm one of those people who is like after dealing with these two big injuries I'm like you know I don't think I'm cut out for this like I just don't want this to be my lifestyle yeah and on top of that honestly having to deal with like having your identity wrapped around in sport like I could not imagine being one of these pro athletes and it's almost like as soon as you're not running where everybody expects you to be running like what is left like what yeah that would leave you feeling so empty and I almost feel like when it comes to running and when whether you're a pro athlete or just college athlete or high school athlete like I feel like so many of us no matter how fast we run there's always better. And I think that that's the mindset that comes with running is that it's just like, it's never enough. Like you can always give more, you can always go faster. And that leaves you so unfulfilled. And so because like you can get a PR and just be like immediately, it's not good enough, you know? And I think that it's so important for athletes to be like, you know, I worked for this. I got this time and like, this is amazing. And whether I ever run faster than this, like, honestly, who cares? We all are out there to have fun and like do our best and to meet new people and make experiences. And I think that changing the mindset away from like, I need to run this time. And if I don't achieve this goal, then like I'm a failure to just like, what, how can I make this the best possible experience for me? And how many people can I meet? And like, just having fun and doing your best. I think that that's something yeah. that is just so, so important for athletes to remember. Cause it's so it's, it really is. It's just so easy to see all the stuff on like social media, especially with like pros and things like that. Um, and just, yeah, dude. Yeah. And I would, I would say too, it's like, like you said, it leaves you so unfulfilled. Like I just remember after every race, even if I PR, I would always be like, I just, I could have run faster. Like I, yeah. I didn't, you know, like I just didn't do that well. Like even if I just won the whole meet, you know, it's like, it was never good enough for me. And everyone would be like, oh my gosh, you're so amazing. Like you're so fast. And for me, it's just like, it just like, was, no. wasn't enough. Like, it's like, there's a piece of you that's missing. And like, that's where you have to find yourself outside of running and realize that running is just a part of you. Like it's not that just you. gave me goosebumps. That just gave me goosebumps. It's that piece. <laughs> it's because that's so true. It's like when you finish that, finish that race, you like you do your best and you get a PR, but then there's still something missing. That there missing is. piece is you have to find yourself outside of the sport. Who are you, you outside of the sport? Like I remember when I won state your year, and I was like, that was such a slow time. I did so bad, and I literally had just one state, and I. I was so hard for myself to even be happy. And I think that that's something that people don't see, you know, like they're like, Oh, she just won state. Like, that's amazing. But like, I wasn't even happy. I was very disappointed and sad. And when I, when I went into my senior year of cross country, I was told by my coaches that I had to go out there like at certain races and just run with my teammates and run slow or, or 
I wasn't allowed to compete. Like, they just yeah. wanted me to go out there and learn to just go have fun and not feel like I had to win, not feel like mm-hmm. I had to run really fast. And that taught me so many valuable lessons because yes. I had the funnest races when I was pacing my friends. I think so. Yeah, I could definitely see that because I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, it's just it's just so much pressure, especially when you know, like, people are expecting you to win. So then you put all of these expectations on yourself, too. And it just it makes the sport not even enjoyable at that point. because you're like, I have to run this time. I need to PR like I need to be first. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just yeah. it's so much. And that is honestly where a bunch of my burnout came from. I was just so sick and tired of being like, people know you as Carly McNatt, the runner, and you have to live up to that. Like you have to be that good runner. Like I, it, it would always just be in the back of my mind that I had to be that for other people. And that if I ran bad, like what were people going to think of me? You know, that just gave me goosebumps again, Carly. Cause like that's, <laughs> it's so, it's so similar to like, you know, how I felt and stuff when I was going through all that. But how would you say that you're like, what are your goals now? Like how have your goals changed from yeah. little Carly McNatt to Carly McNatt that like knows what she wants? Yes. Okay. So first I'm actually going to finish like my story. So that way they can uh, understand a Absolutely. bit more yeah. um, about like why my goals have changed too. Yep. And go how, for it. Um, but so basically after coming back from that eight month avulsion fracture, I started running again the summer before my senior year, um, which is this year. And um, I started training a little bit, like definitely doing way less miles. I probably did the most like 20, 25 miles at the most. And then I did a little bit of cross training here and there, but was taking it like super light, gradually getting into it. Honestly, I had not a good cross country season. Um, but mentally it was pretty good cause I was just happy to be running again. But I would say like time-wise for me, for old Carly's expectations of like being a 17 minute 5k girl, you know, running in the 19s was not, um, satisfying for me, you know, um, even yeah. one race I ran in the twenties and I felt like I was running my heart out. So <laughs> that was defeating to say the least. Um, and I also was dealing with some low iron issues too. Um, because this is when I finally got my period consistent. Like it was finally consistent. Um, so I was dealing with that stuff too. Um, and then a little bit of pain started coming towards the end of cross country season towards state in this or last December, I guess this December, I don't know. Um, in December I had had pain, like more pain again, and it felt like old injury pain. And I was like, oh gosh, what is this? Sitting it's pain came. so scary whenever you feel like injury, like pain yes. after like your old injury, pain. You're like, no. Yes. And sitting pain came back too, which was like, uh, it was so bad during class. I would be like, I would almost just have to stand up like in the middle of class. I didn't want to, but I almost like had to just do that just because I was dying, just sitting down because it hurt. Um, so. Basically, I got another scan and they were like, okay, this thing just, it never really fully healed, let's be honest. And my growth plates, they were like kind of opened and they weren't like fully closed yet. So they were kind of concerned, but they were like, you know what, this is a very specialized injury, but I think we're going to need to go the surgical route. Um, And we had discussed this like before that first chunk of like eight months of taking off, we had discussed, you know, whether I should 
get surgery or not and they're like no you're you're a little too young like your your growth plates are super open right now so let's hold off and like let's just see if it heals naturally so basically it just never healed naturally and that's why at that point they were like okay we're probably gonna have to go the surgical route so i ended up getting surgery um in january of this year and here i am now about three three and a half months later and I'm doing super well starting PT and stuff. So that's been exciting. But yeah, that's basically been my journey. It's been like ever since freshman year, it's been full of ups and downs of just constant like in and out of injuries and just mentally being defeated almost like all the time. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely been a struggle, but it's helped me in so many aspects of my life, whether it's finding my identity outside of running, whether it's you know, getting closer to God, like in my spiritual relationship with him, like it's just helped me so much, even with like friendships, like it's helped me just so much because I'm not so obsessed with this one thing that I put my identity in and I can actually like have fun and have freedom. And honestly, like if I'm being honest, enjoying my weekends and stuff like that, not racing has been one of like the best things for me. That's so so true. I think, I think that like, when we're like in practice and we're in like this mindset that's like this grind mode it's so easy to lose ourselves and like who we are and forget that we are a person outside of the sport and that like there is things outside of the sport to do and you know that leads me to another question is or the question that I wanted to ask you is you know what are your goals now that your goals aren't necessarily to be a pro runner anymore Yes. Um, so yeah, running is completely off the table. And honestly, my, my, my running goals, my running goals right now are honestly just to hopefully get back into it safe and, and health, healthily, and honestly, just to enjoy it. Um, and really just like find the love, hopefully for the sport again, not, not being caught up in times. Like honestly, times are off the table after everything that's gone down with my running journey. I'm like, if I run a 25 minute 5k, like that is fine. As long as I'm out there enjoying it, that's all that matters. So that's kind of going to be my perspective going into it. And now I get that D1 D1 running is going to be um, definitely something new and it's probably going to be hard at first, especially mentally and physically, but I definitely just want to try, like, my goal is to just keep that mindset of, like, you know what, let's just be thankful you're out here running again. Like, who cares about times? Like, you're a freshman. No one cares. Like, no one even knows you in college, I feel like, unless you're, like, Caitlin Tui. So, it's, like, it's very true. you have nothing to lose, honestly. You're just out there to have fun. And it's, like, if I know I'm not going to be a pro, why not just enjoy your time now? Yeah, just have fun. And do your best and try to enjoy the experience as much as possible. And I think like with your mindset, you're going to be in a very, very good place. Yes. Going so into I'm, running. I'm excited. I just have to make sure, you know, I don't fall back into that trap of being like, Oh, you're a runner again now that you're not injured. But now, like right now, since I'm not doing anything really with running, it's like, I'm Carly, like I'm not yeah. running and I haven't been running um, for you know, the past few years, like that hasn't been my identity anymore. So hopefully I can continue to carry that into when I can actually get back into the, the flow of things and training and racing. 
yeah and just being able to kind of find that balance with you know running and also yeah. like your life outside of running and stuff like that um exactly. but I did want to ask you too like what do you think was or what was the main thing that like helped you through your injury like was that leaning closer to God or you know family or just whatever it was like what helped you the most you think I would say um honestly while when I was going through the worst of it which was when I first got diagnosed with the avulsion fracture it was way back um you know for that eight months that I had to go and like cheer on my team and do all this stuff the most important thing was definitely like my faith and strength strengthening my relationship with God um on weekends me and my friends would go to church together and get brunch after and honestly just hanging out with them like my roommate we would go and we would just go to local coffee shops and study so focusing on school I had the SAT to worry about which obviously is not a thing that I have to worry about anymore but um, at the time I was I was honestly just focusing on things that you know were important that then and um and, you know, just trying not to focus too much on, on running and not putting stress on cross training. That was a big, big piece for me. Like, yes, not putting stress on that and being like, okay, you can do what you want to do. And like, if your fitness is behind when you come back, who gives a crap? As long as your mental health is there, you'll be totally fine. As long as you're happy and not crushing yourself with these like ridiculous bike workouts or like swim workouts, you'll be fine, you know? So I love that you say that because I think that so many athletes, um, especially being um, here in college and having my experience here, it's like when you're cross training, it's almost like this this feeling that you have to be doing more. And when you're hurt, it's like, okay, you're almost told, like I've been told so many times, you can come back better than, you know, before. Like when you when you come yeah. off of cross training, like you can be better. But I think that this puts even more stress on our mental health and on our physical health when sometimes the best thing to do is to just rest and yes you know I think if, it's so important I think cross training is great and I think that it's something that can be so helpful and just like feeling good while being injured and stuff like that but yeah I think taking away that just that pressure that is put onto you to just like train double train extra train more yes. be the best person you've ever been when you come back from cross training like that is what I feel like is so ingrained into our heads when sometimes like it really is just better just to rest and take that time for your mental and physical health yeah Um, so I'm I'm really glad that you just said that because I think that that is something that so many athletes really really need yeah no it's it's so important and honestly to add on I also was focusing a lot on strength so I was allowed to do um, a little bit of weight training. Um, and I love the gym in Amberdale, oh, yeah. obviously. <laughs> um, so Our absolute gym rat. Like <laughs> dude, oh my gosh, I'm not even joking you. People are like, Do you even run anymore? I think you're just like, you That's just, like, so funny. Gym. Like, are you being a bodybuilder now? I'm like, Guys, no, I, I still run. Like, I, I still, do. Run. I just, I just, you can I do both. really love lifting. Like, lifting yes. is a huge part of my life. And I really I like even just like upper body and stuff because like coming to college it was kind of just like it's kind of like weird like people were like you're lifting upper body I'm like uh yeah like I like to be strong you uh, know yeah yeah it's like, like it's fun to me it's so fun to me it's fun it's fun to feel strong 
So that that's super important and just doing fun little things like while you're injured too like I went to the beach like just just do whatever whatever makes you happy honestly outside of running like if you know what that is and sometimes it's about discovering what makes you happy outside of running because I didn't know like I was just like dude like without running what am I and then yeah so honestly that's I want to I want to ask you this like I don't I don't know if you're not really an answer because I've been asked this a couple times but like who who is Carly like who is Carly no runner like running aside like who would you say you are see this is such a hard question because it's like I know like what what are the things that just like make you the most happy and like what makes Carly Carly you know yeah because it's like I know it's hard to say because it's like uh I feel like I could be like oh the gym like I love the gym but no that's not me either like that's not my identity like yeah I would say for me since I'm very very spiritual absolutely I would say like my identity is in Christ for sure and just like trying to spread his light on other people and I don't know just be the best person the best friend like just overall like person that I can be and just helping out other people is super important to me like that makes me super happy is to see like myself being able to put a smile on other people's faces is like that's one of the most rewarding things you can do in life um and honestly like absolutely love that Carly yeah so sorry if I got a little close to the mic I don't know if I did you did a little bit but it's okay okay so I would say, yeah, I don't know. That kind of just describes, I guess, th- the type of person I try to be. Yeah. And honestly, like some traits about me, like, you know, I'm pretty disciplined. Um, overall, I'm a pretty grateful person. Um, and you're just, honestly, like, I'm I'm just happy overall in general. I was general. Say, I feel- to add to that, you're just like such a light, like, being around you just makes me so happy. Like when I see you, I'm just like, oh, Carly. Like, you just <laughs> your your energy is so contagious, and like, you know, you're you're so much more than a runner. And like, I just, I feel like when I first met you, I was like, oh, my friend Carly, she's so fast, she's so this. And then once I got to know you and like truly know who Carly is, and like hear your story, and like kind of, I feel like almost grow up with you and like yes. go through like so many changes with you I feel like just over time I've seen really like who Carly is and honestly like that is just such a huge light and you're just such an amazing person on this planet so oh well I, I could say the exact same thing about you so Aww, you <laughs> I need to go give you a hug since you're so close to me right now <laughs> you're on campus <laughs> But so funny. since um, we're literally already at an hour on this episode, so I know I just want to I want to ask a few questions that people asked on my Instagram because yes, got so I got so many. We obviously really. Were, yes. Like literally so many. Oh, my um, gosh. But we can we'll save some of that for a YouTube video. Maybe we can like, yeah, that low key. Oh, we so should. So fun. So, down. Dude. OK, yeah, no, we're totally going to do that. I okay. want to film one with Sonia too. Oh gosh, yes. we just got so sidetracked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I wanted to ask you earlier too, um, when we were talking about like the food subject and stuff, kind of bringing it oh, back yeah. to that before we head to the um, viewers' questions. Um, how would you say that like your mindset has changed with food since like oh, you were yeah. so consumed in um, 
like running and being a pro runner and like how your mindset with food is now like how would you say that that changed yes okay this is a really good question because now that my identity is no longer like now that I know no longer put it into running I would say that honestly like my relationship with food has gotten so so much better like drastically better like I used to be like oh my gosh, Carly, like, you cannot eat that ice cream, or you cannot have that brownie, or that cookie, like, whatever, you cannot eat anything unhealthy, now, I, like, I don't even think twice about it, because I'm just, like, I just want to enjoy it, like, you can enjoy your food, like, whether you're a runner or not, you know what I'm saying, so, honestly, my relationship with food has gotten so much better, and it's continued to, like, help me maintain a period, and be a healthy overall athlete, like, just in general, it's helped me become super, super happy, I would say. So, yeah. And um, just a little fun fact 66% of female athletes actually struggle with a loss of periods. So, like, yes. Which is crazy to think about. And like, it is. I've been able to keep a period now for a while, but like, I have so many friends and stuff that like are running and, they they don't have a period so like to have a healthy period is so important I know so many people are like or it's kind of like this weird thing that people are just kind of like oh not having a period is like good it means like you're training a lot and you're doing yeah whatever and you're gonna be faster but like that's not true because having a healthy period helps with bone health and honestly just like your future and running and not even not even running but like in life in general and like having yeah. kids and stuff like it's that it's vital and oddly enough, like my confidence when I got my period went up drastically. I don't know why. I don't know if that has something to do with hormones or something. But like when I got my period, I was so much more confident and just like happy and like just feel like so much better overall. Yeah, I feel like it definitely just makes you stronger in general, like just as a female. I completely agree. So it's definitely super important. And Honestly, like, I wouldn't say that there, there is, like, one thing that made me get it, but... That's what I was about I were, to ask you next. <laughs> yeah, if I were to say, like, a few things that helped along the way, it's definitely these injuries have been a blessing in disguise because it's allowed me to stop training so intensely, focus on fueling, getting, make sure you're getting in those good fats, whether it's, like, you know, peanut butter, um, avocados, like, whatever that may be, um to just, you know, allow your body to get those good nutrients and calories, honestly, just to be able to produce a period is super, super duper important. And honestly, I would, if I'm being straight up honest, like I was on birth control for a little bit to help start my period, but then it was very wonky for me because it was still irregular, um, with the birth control. So, you know what? So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go off of it and see if if I can get it naturally and sure enough like a few months later I got it naturally I got it on my own and it's been consistent like I haven't missed a single one since then um so I've been super grateful for that and I've just continued to keep that mindset of like okay like even if this helps your mindset with fueling be like okay I need to fuel so I can have my period so I can have a good future ahead of me you know what I'm saying like that can help people also with their mindset around fueling um just honestly 
to produce a period, you need food. And if you're an athlete, you need even more food to produce that period. So that is so true. I think that you bringing up kind of like what can help people with their mindset towards fueling, like one, obviously being like, get your period, need to keep your period, have a healthy period. I think that that's something that's super helpful. And what else would you say would be like good mindsets towards um, shifting to kind of like help with your mindset towards food? Because I know for me, kind of shifting my mindset towards like food is fuel is something that's really helpful. But then yeah, once food doesn't become fuel, meaning like when you want to go out and have like fun with friends or things like that, like there's also like food that's just good for your soul and obviously all food is gonna like help you with your performance or whatever and like give you energy but like sometimes it's not always just about food is fuel but sometimes food is enjoyment food is yes pleasure food is for social engagement and hanging out with friends and stuff like that I think so too yeah it's like it's a time where you can really connect with other people too and yeah, your body just gets extra nourishment from anything you put into it. Like, I think anything that you put into your body is only going to help with your performance, you know, as an athlete, because it just, it constantly just needs food, like whether it's healthy, whether it's, you know, quote unquote, unhealthy, like whatever you want to call it. And like you said, like, fueling for your soul and, and having fun with friends, that's so important too. Like, you only live one life and what's the point of like seeing your friends enjoy ice cream and you being like, no, I don't want to have any, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, if you want to have ice cream with your friends, go have ice cream with your friends. Stop thinking about, oh my gosh, like I have a workout tomorrow. I can't have ice cream or whatever that may be. I have a race coming up, coming up. I can't eat unhealthy. Like I've heard a lot of people say that before, like they have races coming up so they can't eat unhealthy, but that is so not true. Yeah. Like anything is fuel for your body. So it's because there's a difference between like eating 12 cookies when you're like on the line of a race and yeah (laughs) you know like Mm -hmm. it is okay to have like those fun foods and like to go out with friends and like to eat like that yes and honestly like branching out and trying new things too that's so fun to me like I just like trying new things and because I used to not be like that I would be like no I need to order the healthiest thing on the menu but no now it's like order what you want, eat what you want, like, you live one life, and no one gives a crap about what your body looks like, how fast you run, like, none of that matters, just go and have fun with your friends, and live life to the fullest. Nobody, my dad always told me, he's like, nobody, when you die, will ever remember you for having a six-pack, or how mm-hmm. fast you ran. I've they're heard that gonna, one too. Yes, they're gonna remember you for who you are as a person, and what impact you have on them in their life, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think like having that mindset, just like when you're hanging out with friends and, you know, learning to fuel yourself is like, nobody's going to remember you for your performance or what your body looks like. Nobody. Yes. And even if you're not exercising, like you still need like so much fuel, even just for your brain and even just sitting around, like your body is constantly just burning stuff and it needs like energy to be happy and food to just fuel your soul and mind and all of that so could not agree more so let's answer a few of these questions that the viewers asked us on instagram um oh gosh i literally i wrote down like 20 questions so i was like oh we'll totally have time for this Mm -mm, no no 
not true. <laughs> yeah, whoops. <laughs> Hour and ten minutes in. Well, we probably honestly answered a lot of these questions already. One that I told you earlier that I wanted to ask you is, what do you think? This is this is kind of a little bit of a funny little question, silly little question to ask. But what do you think is the most toxic part oh, of yeah. running culture? Oh, gosh. I know. That's a heavy-weighted heavy. question. I think one of the most toxic things, if I'm talking about cross-country specifically, it's Ooh. like... If you're comparing your times to other people, like, they're like, oh, how, like, what's your PR? And it's like, okay, well, what course did you run that on, buddy? Like, it's like, (laughs) it is so, people need to stop comparing, like, their times to other people's times, even in track, honestly, because the weather affects it. Like, anything affects, like, your time, how you're feeling that day, whether you're on your period, whether you're not, like, anything. So, it's like, I think one of the most toxic things is comparing yourself to other people like yeah times like what they look like anything like you are your own person and that's what you always need to remember like you're your own person who cares what other people think like we've been talking about like you just need to go out there and just enjoy it like stop who cares if she ran like too flat in the 800 like no one cares like nobody cares that's that's great like I congratulate her for that but it's like you know what if I don't do that no biggie (laughs) and like and with comparing to first off comparing is the thief of all joy which I'm sure everybody is yes but comparing to like everybody is at such a different spot on their journey you know and it's like yeah that's like trying to compare somebody who's had two years of consistent training and has been healthy no injuries to somebody who like just broke their foot and is trying to go yeah. like if we're having those two people race obviously the person that has been training consistently is going to win and yes. I think that it's just so important to remember that everybody is at such a different spot in their journey and that comparing you to somebody else it's doing nothing like yes. at the end of the day we're just trying to be the best versions of ourselves and to bring that up too is like even comparing yourself to your old self because yes. I mean, I'm sure you can relate to that to so much all the time. Yes. Like comparing yourself to your old self and knowing that like that person that you were back then is not the person that you are now. And yeah. it's just like you go through so many different changes and also just trusting that like everything happens for a reason. And like, I know for you that that's like um, faith and everything like that. But sometimes like, creating goals I think outside of running has helped me not compare myself to like my old self because I'm not like oh I'm a failure because I'm not as good as I used to be but I can be like oh well actually no I'm doing like all this this stuff that I used to actually not do even though I was really fast at that time you know yes yes I totally totally agree with all that that's something that helped one other toxic thing which I hate this so much. Like, I literally hate this. Is oh when <laughs> super elite runners will devalue other people who are, quote-unquote, slower than they are. Yeah. If you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Like, I've seen this happen so much where it's just, like, they won't even talk to people who are slower than them. It's like, are you ridiculous? It's like, that's yeah. the, the definition of putting people 
like putting running inside like your identity in running sorry and like putting other people's identity in running too it's like you're putting them in a separate box because they run two minutes slower than you it's like we're all people here it's like can we just separate ourselves from this sport you know and when we're old and shriveled up prunes (laughs) (laughs) we're all gonna be slow so like we can't treat people like shit (laughs) <laughs> exactly exactly all right to bring a positive note here what do you think is the most positive thing about running culture honestly just the community like I have gotten to know so many people like especially you like being one of my best friends like I have met literally like the best people through running and I honestly am just so thankful that this sport if anything if it taught me anything is like just all these friendships and relationships and the community and like how just amazing and honestly how unique runners are like their personalities can just be so unique and I love that about running runners are funky they are runners can be really really funky I I could not agree more with you on that because like the people that running has connected with connected me with like it just it blows my mind that a sport can bring you so close to so many people and even when it comes to, like social media community and stuff like yes. that when it comes to running like there's so much positive you know things out there and if it wasn't for the running community like running would yeah sure it'd be like cool like a good outlet and therapy and all but like at the end of the day honestly it's about the people that you meet it I really think. is it is about the people you meet like, that's what I miss so much about racing right now and, like, not being able to be out there. It's just, like, seeing so many people and connecting with so many people. So, like, yes, you know, like, I could not agree more with that. For sure. Um, And then we'll ask one more question since we're already at an hour and 16 minutes. Which yes. is crazy. That went by so fast. <laughs> it actually did. This is, this is just a little fun question. Um, Carly, actually, no, this is serious. Oh, what? gosh. <laughs> Oh gosh. I don't like serious. <laughs> what is your favorite food? Oh. <laughs> um, I am going to have to go with little Carly's answer. Oh boy. Salmon. Salmon. I love sushi. I love sushi though too. Like salmon nigiri sushi or tuna, like so good. Good. Yeah, sushi sushi's pretty boss. I think that this is a good spot to wrap up the episode. I want to say a huge thank you to you, Carly, for coming on the podcast, being my first ever guest. So exciting. Um, Thank you. (laughs) But thank you guys so much for tuning in. And remember to stay positive, stay hype, and live your life on a runner's high. Peace out.